Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practicology Podcast. So good to have you with us. Hope you can stay with us to the end of the recording today. I want to tell you a little bit about something else we've got coming up on the podcast, a new series we're going to start next week, Lord willing. But today is episode 101. It is entitled, Of Course You Feel That Way. January, February is a time of year in which many of us are fighting the blues, and Mike's going to help us with that a little bit from the scriptures today. Yes, I am. But before we get into the emotionally heavy stuff, let me share something cheery and a little lighthearted. At least it cheered my heart. Uh, This week, a faithful listener dropped off a tray of something she had made to celebrate the 100th episode of the podcast. And it's a pity I can't share the taste of what she made with you all, but but we can share what it looked like. And Allison Flint has a picture of it up on this podcast, social media feeds, Twitter and Instagram and, uh, and Facebook. And you can go check it out there. It'll bring a smile to your face. Yes, it will. It brought a smile to mine and a smile to my family. I showed it to everyone at the breakfast table today. It would have been a tasty breakfast for us, to tell you the truth. And I encourage you in that picture, especially to look for the Bible right by the pile of dirty dishes. See if you can find it. Of course, celebrating the 100th episode is really just a way of celebrating the faithfulness of God, which is what we talked about in that 100th episode. And encouragements like this sister gave us are themselves expressions of God's faithfulness. Yeah, they sure are. The, the truth is that just 30 minutes earlier, I was stretched out on my bed trying to breathe away and pray away some mounting anxiety that was hitting me uh, just due to the fact that I'm in a busy stretch right now. And I really do see these acts of love by the family of God as manifestations of God's love and his care to us. So more on that in a moment, but first a quick reminder to listeners that February is I Love to Read Month, and we'll be reading through Pilgrim's Progress together on the podcast. Make sure you have your copy ready. Spurgeon only put one book higher than Pilgrim's Progress, and that was the Bible. Now, I was actually just listening to CBC Radio just a little bit ago in my car, and they announced the Canada Reads long list of 15 books for the Canada Reads contests in anticipation of uh, I Love to Read Month as well. And they said that the theme of all the books they've selected is a changed perspective. Now, Pilgrim's Progress, unfortunately, was not on their list, but Pilgrim's Progress is a book that can change your perspective. It can change your life if you let it. Well, you had me there, Matthew. I thought <laughs> I thought with astonishment that CBC was actually, you were going to say that CBC had included Pilgrim's Progress on, uh, on their list of 15 books. That would have been amazing. I wish. But, um, but alas... Yeah, so at the end of the challenge, if you complete reading the book, uh, you'll just send us a message and we'll enter you in a draw and we'll pick some winners and send out some prizes. Uh, And by the way, listening to Pilgrim's Progress is fine with us. Reading it as a group or a family is fine. Uh, Even if the kids are listening to a parent read a children's version, um, this, this all counts. What about watching the movie, Mike? You've mentioned to me before that there's a decent movie of this as well. Yeah, there's an there's an excellent animated movie that came out. Uh, I think it's by Revelation Media. A couple years ago, we watched it during COVID. And sure, by all means, go ahead and watch it. But you do need to read the book as well to qualify for this uh, reading challenge coming up. One more question to clarify, Mike: Does everyone need to read the book in order to enjoy these podcast episodes through the month of February? No, I don't think so. Um, we're, we're dipping into the book to grab our theme or our topic. We'll mention uh, maybe some illustrations in the book, but there's going to be lots for those of you who aren't really all that familiar with the book and, and haven't read it. 
All right, so the book will help you, but you'll profit either way. We pray. I'm sure you will. Now it is time to get into the deeper stuff, so Mike, take it away. Well, thanks. Yeah, I'm just conscious that there are lots of Christians right now struggling. Uh, They're down, depressed, maybe dealing with lots of guilt, fighting the spiritual doldrums, uh, feeling they're going nowhere in their spiritual life, feeling like maybe they're letting God down. So that's where I'm coming from in this episode today. But let me fill in a bit more background. I think a lot of us are doing constant emotional surveillance on ourselves. That is, there's something inside us monitoring the state of our emotions 24-7. And if for a moment, you know, the little screen dips down and and we dip down into anything less than perfect joy in Christ and thanksgiving, we start to panic and our alarms go off. Oh no, state of emergency, state of emergency, calling code red. I am experiencing something less than what I should be. This probably means I've sinned and I'm sinning and I'm disappointing God. And of course, this only compounds the problem, right? It's hard to feel spiritual tranquility when alarm bells are ringing off the walls of our hearts. Well, what if there was a way to turn that around? What if there was a way to notice that your feelings are not in the optimal state? And at least sometimes to take comfort from that fact. For for uncomfortable emotional states to actually bring you comfort. So <clears throat> consider, that's where we're going today. Consider whether you can say these four things with me. And I've ordered them uh, in order of less helpful to most helpful, at least uh, for me personally. So so number one, can, can you look at yourself and, and can you say this to yourself along with me? Can you say, of course you feel this way, self. It's January, of course you feel this way. It's, uh, it's January, February. So. Uh, this is um, an obvious one this time of year, uh, where, where I am in Manitoba here, it's cold and there's less daylight, which means less time outdoors, it's post-Christmas, there's extra bills to pay, and uh, the world and, and life in general can just seem darker for lots of us this time of year. And then there's uh, the thing called SAD, S-A-D, Seasonal Affective Disorder, and, and this is a real thing. And, uh, and you know, we just need to show ourselves a little grace and patience right now, right? Of course we feel this way. It's January. This, this is especially true uh, in colder climates where I live. I don't know where, how it is with you, Matthew, but, but here it is hard. And this is just a, a common sense kind of thing. Of course we feel this way. It's, it's January. If, if your friend was suffering from sad this time of year, wouldn't you be kind and understanding and supportive to him? Well, then do the same to yourself. Yeah, your words have reminded me of a a title I would like to get. I haven't got it yet, but it's Mark Maynell's book, When Darkness Seems My Closest Friend, Reflections on Life and Ministry with Depression. And there's an individual who recognized this was a, a regular thing in his life and learning to deal with that and live with that and still persevere to God's glory through that. Now, someone could be listening to this, and this is describing them, just what you've been saying these last couple of minutes. They're feeling a little bit despondent, and they figure this season of the year has something to do with it. How can they actually take some comfort from what they are going through? How can the fact that they're experiencing these feelings actually bring them a bit of comfort? What do you mean by that? Well, if we're feeling like we're in the dark emotionally, and part of the reason for that is that we're in the dark literally, as in seasonally, I think we can take comfort from Psalm 139. In verses 11 and 12, David says, If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. 
The night is bright as a day, for darkness is as light with you. I go to these verses a lot, to be honest. Even the darkness, I say to the Lord, even the darkness is not dark to you. He sees me right here in my darkness. He's with me right here in my darkness. He knows me right here in the darkness. And dear listener, he loves you right there in, in your darkness. I mentioned the book by Esther Smith back there in episode 95. We plugged it a little bit. And um, I think if Esther was on the podcast today, she, she would encourage us to take some of those words from Psalm 139 and breathe them in and then breathe them out. And so now you're combining a, a breathing exercise with some scripture, but you could, you could breathe in the words, even the darkness. And then when you exhale, you could say, is not dark to you. And you do that over and over and uh, sense the Lord's presence with you, even in the darkness. So you are saying, let these feelings remind us that God has created the seasons as well, right? He's created January and February. Yes, the days are darker now. God was aware it would be such, but the light has come before and the light will come. Yeah, that's right. And until it does, he's, he's right there with you. Yeah. So, so the first one is just very simple. So of course you feel this way. You can say that to yourself. Of course you feel this way. It's January. Here's the second one. Say to yourself, of course you feel this way. You're embodied, embodied. You are a complex creation. You're a tiered being. There's, there's multiple layers and levels to you where your emotions are intertwined and bound up with your physical body. And, and so when your schedule gets super busy and there is lots of demand on your time, your stress will rise. Of, of course you're gonna feel this way, why? Because you're embodied, you inhabit time in your body. When you're tired and you're falling way behind on sleep, of course you're going to feel the way you feel. You're a physical embodied creation of God. When you're fighting off a cold or a flu, it's no surprise if this has an emotional impact on you. Same with uh, if you're pregnant or going through your monthly cycle or, or you're an adolescent working through puberty or, or you've lost a loved one. There are hundreds of ways in which the fact that we live life in and through our bodies affects our emotional well-being. And God made us to have bodies. So I guess the way this scenario can actually bring us comfort is that we let our anxious feelings or our sad and depressed feelings remind us that we are made by God. God is our maker and we are fearfully and wonderfully made by him. Our bodies are good, even though we experience some trials and tribulations in them. Beloved, he has lovingly knitted you together in your mother's womb. He is your maker and he loves what he has made. You get to have a body and mind and soul. You get to have feelings. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so just think to yourself, of course I feel this way. I'm embodied after all. And I'm going to let these feelings I'm having right now remind me that I'm made in God's image and that his creation of me is good. All right. So number one, of course you feel this way. It's January. Of course you feel this way. You're embodied. Thirdly, of course you feel this way. You are at war. Imagine if you were living in Ukraine right now and you were wondering why your breath was short and why you were a bit jumpy and why you were struggling to sleep at night. And then you realize, of course I feel this way. I'm at war for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. And the Bible says that every Christian is also at war. Uh, first of all, there's the war internal to us. Galatians 5, 17, the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. 
this theme of internal warfare comes out even more in Romans 7 verse 23. Paul says, I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. There's, there's a war going on in my heart that only started when I became a Christian. And Ephesians points out that we're also in the middle of a cosmic battle with Satan and the forces of darkness. Ephesians 6, 12. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. All right. So the believer is at war against the flesh and sin in his own heart. And he's attracted the attention of the most evil, diabolical enemy in the universe. So, of course you feel this way. You're at war. And again, we can let this comfort us. Do you feel under attack? Like Satan is dogging your steps? Does it seem that there's some sinister voice in you trying to get you to sin or to think evil thoughts of God? Is he trying to get you to lose your peace and joy in Christ? Do you have a battle raging in your heart against sin that didn't used to be there? Well, praise God. That's because you're a Christian. In other words, the fact that you're at war is an evidence that you're in the Lord's army, that you're saved. And it is good to remember that Satan's chief target is often our joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength, Nehemiah 8.10. So it makes sense that he would want to hammer away at our joy. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Yeah, so he's got your joy in the Lord under in, in his crosshairs and course, one of the major ways he has of stealing our joy is by trying to distort our view of God or make it seem like God isn't quite so favorable to us as, as we thought before. But let's come to the last one then. The fourth one uh, and final one for this episode is you can say to yourself, of course you feel this way. You're on the road. You're on the road or you're not home yet. So if you're a refugee trying to find a home, living on the road, constantly living out of a suitcase, uh, if you're fortunate to have one, how would you feel? You'd feel lonely at times, like you don't belong, like you don't fit in, like you still haven't found uh, what you're looking for. And often there'd be times when you'd groan, you'd sigh. Well, it's the same for the Christian. Paul says in Romans 8 verse 23, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, we Christians who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. That little bit there where he says, who have the first fruits of the Spirit. In Greek, it's literally having the first fruits of the Spirit. In other words, um, as Doug Mood points out, what, what Paul is saying is that this is the reason why we groan. Christians groan having the first fruits of the Spirit. Christians groan because we have the Spirit. And, and so uh, Doug Moo says, we groan because we have the Spirit. Once the Spirit, with His demand for holiness, enters our lives, we sense as never before just what God wants us to be. As a result, the Spirit increases our frustration at not meeting God's standard and our yearning to be what He wants us to be. Doug Moo adds in another writing of his, uh, he says, a healthy balance is necessary in the Christian life in which our joy at the many blessings we already possess should be set beside our frustration at our failures and our intense yearning for that day when we will fail no more, when we shall be like him. So when you feel a discontentment inside, a restlessness, a frustration with ongoing sin, 
realize that it's because you have the Spirit. It's because you're on the road to heaven. It's because you're not yet home. You're not yet experiencing the life God has promised you. You know what, what C.S. Lewis's Aslan says to the children in his final book of the Chronicles of Narnia, The Last Battle, is, is the same as what God says to us. He says, you do not yet look as happy as I mean you to be. Well, it's good to know that one day we definitely will be. So just to recap this episode, when you are struggling with your feelings, don't assume that they have a negative message about you and your relationship with God. See if your feelings of discomfort actually bring you a bit of comfort. Are you in the dark? God is with you even there. Do you feel stressed out, maybe a little short of breath? Well, remember you're embodied. And the very fact that you have feelings, that is a testimony to the fact that God has made you as his image bearer. Do you feel under attack? Of course you do. You're at war. It's only because you're a Christian that you're experiencing that inner battle with sin. It's only because you're a Christian that Satan so desperately wants to take out your joy. And finally, are you groaning? Well, if you're a Christian, that's, that's because the Holy Spirit is indwelling in you. That was a great point that Mike just shared with us from Romans 8, 23, and those words from Doug Moo. It was very helpful. You're groaning and, and longing for heaven because the Holy Spirit lives within you. Wow, what an encouraging message our downer feelings can tell us. I'm God's redeemed creation. This is what our downer feelings can tell the believer. They can tell us, I'm God's redeemed creation on my way to home and happiness. I'm under attack along the way, but God will never leave me, even in the darkness. He is there beside me. And Matthew, in two weeks from now, I want to do a parallel episode to match these four points from this one. And uh, I think it's going to be called Four Truths to Make You Sing Again. I will look forward to hearing you sing again, Mike. That'll be fantastic. And of course, it's wonderful to be redeemed through the message of the gospel. And we love this message of the gospel and how it changes our perspective. And we want to share a little bit more about the gospel. And so we're going to start a new series of episodes beginning next week. It'll just be an occasional series. It won't be every week. They are the Good News for You episodes, GNFY. So GNFY number one uh, will come next week, next Sunday night, next Monday morning. And there's a there's a podcast that you'd be able to share with a, a friend maybe who's a bit skeptical about the gospel at times or just an unbeliever you'd love to send a podcast episode to. I'm sure there are a few others in our storehouse of episodes that uh, would maybe be applicable for you to share with an unbelieving friend as well. But these GNFY episodes are going to target particularly explaining some aspect of the message of the gospel, and we hope they'll be a blessing to you and some friends that you can share those with. Yeah, I'm excited about that series, Matthew, uh, that'll just drop in occasionally in the podcast feed. And uh, it's worth pointing out that the idea behind doing this um, kind of episode comes from one of our listeners and so we do listen to your feedback, uh, listeners, and take your ideas to heart. And sometimes that results in, uh, in an, an innovative idea in the podcast. So may the Lord bless this, uh, this initiative, this idea, and may it be found helpful by our unbelieving friends. And may the Lord bless you all today. Thanks so much for listening. Mm -hmm.